What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I was fortunate to catch up with Will Darkey of the DNBR Buffs Beat. We have been previewing the NCAA tournament together throughout. It's been a blast. He is very knowledgeable, very passionate about the game, much like myself. Calling myself passionate, by the way, not knowledgeable, though I tried to be. Anyways, we just kind of went back and forth, gave a couple of brief thoughts on the Elite Eight, but really did not spend much time on it. Just kind of talked about the controversial foul and, and some of that. We set the scene for the Final Four, previewed both matchups, gave some X factors, as well as our predictions for this weekend. It was a lot of fun, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Real quick, I know I have not had much spring ball coverage yet. The rescheduling of things did throw off uh, what I had planned for this week. Had some doctor's appointments and stuff like that that I was not able to get out of. I do plan on being there Saturday as well as, you know, as much as I can over the next couple of weeks. We'll definitely be at the spring game. But yeah, just wanted to give you an update on all of that. Before we get to the Final Four preview, I do want to talk about Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. I've talked about this before, but when I'm not wearing prescription sunglasses, sometimes lenses can be almost overwhelmingly dark for me and then It takes away the glare, but I can't actually see. What's awesome about Shady Rays is it takes away that glare, but it's it's just the perfect amount of darkness, if that makes sense. It it makes it nice and pleasant, but it doesn't make it feel like you're walking in your basement or at night or something. And what's cool is Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Additionally, together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventures of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Finally, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I also want to talk to you guys about Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to have better gut health, especially I wanted more energy. I wanted an optimized immune system. I've certainly been more conscious of that the last couple of years, but I'm just not big on taking pills and vitamins. I'm admittedly, for a grown man, not great at swallowing pills. I just don't like it. Like I can do it, don't get me wrong, but anytime that I can avoid it, I am certainly going to go that route. I've been on Athletic Greens now for well over a year, and it's awesome. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It's not like chalky or something like that, like many of these supplements tend to be out in the world. And what's amazing is in just one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're going to get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's a great way to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, literally all the things. It's lifestyle friendly, so if you're keto, 
paleo, uh, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you're good there. It's less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It's less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than a cold brew habit. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts. And the thing that I really want to drive home is tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients your body is actually going to absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to help take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com rams. Again, that is athleticgreens.com rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, without further ado, my final four preview with Will Darkey of DNVR Buffs. Hope y'all enjoy it. What's up, everyone? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams slash DNVR Buffs podcast. I'm Justin Michael. Will Darkey is here. We're previewing the final four. Before I can mess up this intro for the 15th time, Will, my man, how is spring break? It's good. I'm uh, really emphasis on the break. I'm just relaxing. It's kind of, it's, it's this weird downtime. Like at the beginning of the tournament, it's just go, go, go. There's so many games. And then like right after that first weekend, it gets to like, all right, where's the basketball? So I'm I'm really excited for this final four, but I, I wanted to to finally get to us. I guess what is uh what is your opinion on this final four? Because there's a lot of hot takes. Obviously, no blue bloods. I mean, you could make the argument that UConn is a blue blood when you look at the amount of national championships they've won since 1999. They win this one. It'll be their fifth, I believe, which is very, very impressive in that time span. But you have three other teams that are making their first ever appearance. Fourth time, there have never been any ones in the final four. First time since 2011. And uh, first time since 79 that there have not been a single one, two, or three. It's wild, but I think it's been a lot of fun. I mean, these are really good teams, teams that won their leagues, AP top 25 programs, the metrics like them. I guess I don't really understand why people are tripping about the uh, the lack of star power when you look at the quality of the teams that have made it. No, Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's an exact opposite final four of what we got last year, where it was like the blue bloods of the blue bloods um, competing. And so, I don't know. I think I enjoyed last year's Final Four, but I think that's why I embraced this one a lot more is because, like, I got the Blue Blood, or we all got the Blue Blood Final Four last year. And so, I kind of I like this chaos. And, yeah, it on paper, when you initially look at it, yeah, it's chaos. You've got San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic in the Final Four. But then I really like what you said about the metrics. And if you look at Ken Palm, like, yeah, they're all top 25 teams now. and having good runs in March definitely like made that happen. But like San Diego state and Florida Atlantic had been hovering towards like the top 30 of Ken Palm all season long. Like they, they weren't just these bad teams that are on their Cinderella runs. They were, I think I said it on like the, the bracket review or whatever was that like Florida Atlantic was very underseated in my opinion. And now they've, they've kind of proven that. And so I don't think it's, 
too out of line to see these four teams in the final four. I don't either. I mean, San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, two of the four teams in the country to win 30 plus games so far this season. We highlighted coming in how UConn was one of the most efficient teams defensively, offensively, and on the glass. They were the only team that ranked top 20 in all three of those. A pretty good sign of a of a good team. And they've obviously been dominant in their run, haven't even really had a game yet. And that's something I, I actually want to get into with you uh, later when we talk about that matchup. Just the fact that they've basically been on cruise control and some of these other teams have had to survive and grind and basically get the typical March Madness experience of the one possession game late. If it is a tight game, that could be kind of a weakness for UConn just because they haven't really been battle tested in that regard. But uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Just real quick, we're not going to really go back and deep dive into the Elite Eight because, you know, we're pretty far removed at this point. But did you enjoy it? I guess, what were your thoughts on on how it all played out? It, yeah, it ended I really, up being a pretty fun Final Four, as we've said. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, the The Florida Atlantic-Kansas State game surprised me. I thought that was maybe where their road ended. Not because, like, oh, this is a Cinderella run that is going to end, but I just also thought the way Kansas State was playing, it would they'd kind of meet their match, but Florida Atlantic, like, really impressed me there. And then, um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to ask you about the foul at the end of the San Diego state Creighton game. I, I get the argument that like, yes, it was a foul, but I feel like I'm more side on like, they weren't calling it all game. Really. It felt like a little bit more of a physical game. And for them, that kind of more ticky tack foul to get called with a second left, it felt a little weird. And then it felt even weirder when they just called the game I get like maybe they brought a stopwatch in and That's saw happened, oh but yeah. yeah it it just it felt like I think I like turned to my roommate and said this feels like very similar to the Super Bowl this year where it was like a great game that then just got a little like tarnished at the end by the refs uh, I I actually disagree I I thought it was pass interference in the Super Bowl. I understand the argument of we don't want games decided by calls, but if it is a foul, I think it should be called. I do, however, agree with you that it was not in line with how that game had been officiated. It had been a very physical contest. I think it was a foul. And the fact that Trammell is so light, he's going to sell it. You know, he's in the air get the shove on the hip like he's gonna fly much further than if it had been matt bradley and that's just like the physics of the situation but i don't know i just it's a foul i thought it was a foul i just i i can get in line with that's not how they've been calling it all games so let's just go to ot at that point yeah i no, i do totally respect that opinion and i think like the other thing that hurts the case of the it was a foul is it wasn't the most common shooting foul in the game of basketball it wasn't um nemhard like going flying and like hitting his hand or not giving him a space to land it was the hand on the hip that is a foul i do agree like that is a foul it just i think didn't help that it was a little bit more of this like not as often called foul and people are like oh that's that's way too soft that's the thing about it either it if it had been a foul all game then you can't be shocked because they've been calling it all game. 
I do understand, especially if you're a Creighton supporter sitting there like, really? After this entire game, this is how it's going to end. But I got to give a lot of props to McDermott because post game, he refused to go that route, you know, talked about how the game doesn't get decided by that. You know, there were a lot of moments that led up to it. Obviously, San Diego State's three point defense is, is phenomenal. And we'll talk about that in the matchup. Creighton could not buy a bucket. It does kind of stink that that's a part of the storyline. Like whether it was a foul or not, it's just kind of a bummer that that great team or that great game between two great teams has that attached to it. And it always will. Yeah. I had some, just some ties to Creighton. Like, I think if they would have won that game, it would have basically sealed some pools for me. And so initially I'm like, Oh man, that, that sucks. Like now I, who knows what, how the pool is going to play out. But then when I like sat down and, just let the ending like fester a little bit. I was really happy for San Diego state because they deserve this opportunity more than, I mean like them. And then maybe you can say Dayton, if Dayton were ever in a position like this are like the two teams that just deserve this opportunity because it got taken from them in 2020. So I'm super excited that San Diego state has gone on a little bit of a run and we get to see them like now get to be in the final four when who knows they could have been in it in 2020 but that that whole tournament was taken away from us so as an avid mountain west guy it'll always be hard for me that we didn't get that that we didn't get that san diego state team with matt bradley and all the shooting that they had and we did not get uh sam merrill and utah state because they, that team was a lot of fun too name is Kata, true seven footer like that really had a had a strong chance to change the reputation of the league. And thank God San Diego State has gone on this final four run. And I know that there's a lot of Pac-12 guys listening and they're probably like, oh, it's really going to be our team. Probably down the line, I concede it. But we needed this as Mountain West people, so give us the moment. And uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about this matchup. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, a couple of teams that are a lot of fun. I mean, I... I two of the most experienced teams, two of the deepest teams, both go nine deep. They can do the hockey rotation where you're going five for five, which you don't see a whole ton of. Um, where are you at on this one? Where What's your gut? My gut actually leans Florida Atlantic, not to dog on San Diego State or the Mountain West. No, that's West. the whole point of it's, this, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really not like, oh, they're, this, their Cinderella done is, their Cinderella run is done. I just, I feel like Florida Atlantic has kind of, in their run, they've gotten teams very similar to San Diego State. They like Tennessee. I feel like San Diego State is a glorified Tennessee in that like defense is the emphasis, but Tennessee's offense is like at times was pretty bad. Whereas I feel like San Diego State, they're a little more, their offense is a little more reliant. But we saw Florida Atlantic handle a team like Tennessee. I feel like Kansas State's even a little bit of that like similar play style where it's like a little more defense heavy, but they also were exciting on the offensive end and Florida Atlantic was able to pull out the victory there. So I feel like this opponent isn't too far away from what the owls have seen during their run. And I just, I don't know. I think they, they're just way too, they were too undervalued coming into this and they're really proving it now. And I think it's, it's weird. Like it, their first game was really close against Memphis and they almost got knocked out in the first round. But ever since then, 
it's like you, th- that first game is like the hump. And once you get over the hump, a run is totally possible. And I just, I think that's what I see with Florida Atlantic right now is they, they're a lot better and the, the advanced metrics say it and I, their seed line is a nine, but I don't know. I think they're kind of meant to be here and they're going to, they're going to beat the Aztecs. Do you have an X factor in the matchup? Um, I think John L. Davis has had a great tournament for the Owls. Same with Elijah Martin. Um, so I think maybe there, but also, uh, Vlad Golden, the seven footer for the Owls could, he had a great elite eight game. And so he maybe could provide a little bit of a mismatch down low. Um, but for San Diego State. I think you could point at a Tremel having a good game. Um, Lamont Butler, he he's could be great. a guy that, yeah, he he's been awesome. Um, I think he could definitely take over the game. And like Matt Bradley, who I still think is the best player on the Aztecs team, he's had a good tournament, but he hasn't like taken over. And so I think in the final four in Houston, maybe we see Matt Bradley like really come out and impress. That's who I have as the X factor in the matchup for San Diego State. If they win, I think they need vintage Matt Bradley. He struggled to hit some shots he typically has made these last couple of seasons. And fortunately for San Diego State, it hasn't cost them because guys like Lamont Butler and Ladee and some of these other guys have really stepped up in big moments. And that's the the depth of this team. It's It's so overwhelming. My big question is, can Florida Atlantic play with the pace and create the op- the shots that they typically create against the San Diego State defense? San Diego State, they want to really slow the matchup down. FAU is going to want to speed it up. San Diego State, if they can set the tone, if they're allowed to play with the same physicality, the hand checking, the stuff they're known for, I think that really favors them. The other thing that's really significant to me nobody relies more on making threes out of these four teams than FAU. Nobody defends the three better than San Diego State. We've already seen them take it away from some pretty, you know, consistent offenses, Alabama, Creighton, Charleston. It's not like they've beaten some, you know, schlocks on their on their way to this tournament. I don't even know what that means. I hope that's not like a bad thing. But um haven't beaten some poor opponents on their way to the final four. Let's be more correct there. Um I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out there. It's kind of strength versus strength. Something's got to give either FAU's efficient offense and all these quality looks they get at the hoop or for quick threes are going to pay off or it's San Diego state's defense and their overwhelming ball pressure. And if they can create turnovers and if their rim guys are protecting the paint, I could see where they just win a really like mucked up, you know, 52 to 50 type game. Definitely. I love the point you made about the Florida Atlantic being reliant on the three ball. And that's exactly what San Diego State's good at guarding. I guess my one counter, I don't have the specific numbers pulled up, but I just remember hearing before the Elite Eight. So it was their first three matchups. Florida Atlantic was, they shot 38% from the field in the regular season, or not in the from the field, from three in the regular season. And I think through their first three games, they were only shooting like 30%. So well below what they were getting in the regular season. And they were still finding ways to pull out victories that I 
I don't know. That's where I feel like it maybe comes into that, like you, a team gets over the hump and now it's just a little bit of like a destiny run and they don't need their normal three-point shooting. But I I don't know. It's it's a lot of hypotheticals and I do I do um, appreciate your opinion of San Diego State's three-ball defense being really it could it could really like uh what's the what's the term throw a wrench in FAU's offense yeah I mean I I just think that's going to be the biggest key in this matchup is if FAU's hitting threes I'm not sure that San Diego State necessarily has the shot making to consistently keep up if this game is played in the high 70s if this game is even the low 70s maybe but if this game is below that, if San Diego State's able to do what they typically do, and I believe right now they're holding tournament teams like 22 points below their typical average, if they do that and, and they set the pace like they have in every single one of these matchups, they're just tough, man. They they kind of hang around. They're Both of these teams have just kind of hung around. And really Miami, too, like if they've been a little bit more dominant at, at times, but I kind of think of that Drake matchup where they're trailing late. And then all of a sudden, they end up winning by like seven. San Diego State, FAU, they just kind of linger. And I think that's the the depth and experience they have. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think the... I, I like the way that just both the matchups kind of landed for the Final Four. I think San Diego State, Florida Atlantic is a really good, fun... For like a basketball junkie, it's a really good fun matchup the the common person's gonna look at that and be like why am i gonna why is why am i gonna turn on two mid-majors for the final four but i think it's a really fun matchup and then with the yukon miami game i think it, it kind of it, it's tough because i think miami out of the three teams to play against yukon i think they are the toughest they are going to be yukon's toughest opponent We will get back to that pod and hear what Will has to say on that Miami-UConn matchup specifically. But when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. Free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Finally, you guys know we love our Breck beers over at DNVR, and it's because they have a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some Breck brew on ice, just ready to go. It's made with 100% renewable energy. We gotta love that. And Breck's been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. I love the variety that they offer, but I'm not gonna lie. With the NHL playoffs coming up, you can't go wrong with the classic Avalanche Amber Ale. It is just consistent. It hits every single time. It goes with anything. It's a perfect barbecue beer. It's a perfect sitting on the couch watching hockey beer. It goes with dinner or maybe lunch. We got the Masters coming up. I don't know. Maybe you guys are going to be doing some day drinking on your Sundays. 
I'm not sure. Whatever you're doing, make sure you check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. All right, real quick, before we get back to that discussion with Will on Miami UConn, I got to give you guys my DraftKings Pick of the Week. DraftKings Pick of the Week. And we are going with Nikola Jokic to win the NBA MVP at plus 115. He is actually second in the latest straw poll just behind Joel Embiid. Both of those guys currently listed at plus 115. That said, I am going to have faith in the basketball gods and the collective universe to ensure that the correct outcome happens here. Embiid clearly ducked Jokic in Denver. Third year in a row he's done it. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he has a very strong case to be in this discussion, but... I just think that's wrong. I think that goes against the spirit of basketball as a whole, certainly of what an MVP should stand for. And as the old adage goes, ball don't lie. I'm going to put my faith in the basketball gods to make this right. I don't have a lot of faith in you know, politicians or stuff like that, but I do have a little bit of faith in the basketball gods, and they are going to ensure that our man, Nikola Jokic, wins the third consecutive MVP joins a very elite club of individuals and gets his rightful place in basketball history. So lock it in. Nikola Jokic to win the NBA MVP. It's my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. The best potential matchup that we have in this Final Four we're going to see on Saturday in UConn, Miami. I think that could be their toughest opponent. I'm glad you brought that up because it's kind of clashes styles in both games. We already talked about San Diego State wants to slow it down and defensively and FAU is this efficient offense that can play with pace. Miami, they're going to be significantly undersized in this one. UConn's going to have definitely way more size, but there's just something about that team. They're feisty. They're, they're quick. They're great at creating second chance opportunities and you know, following up their misses, very similar to TCU in that regard. And that's a big strength in these tournaments. You know, if you're following your shot and you create those second chance opportunities, it's backbreaking. They're well coached. I just wonder if they have the defense to stop this UConn offense once it gets rolling. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. I think, I don't know, I was watching that Miami-Texas game and it really didn't feel like Miami had a chance. It just felt like it was Texas's ball game and they just were going to kind of handle it into like the last 10 minutes. And then out of nowhere, like a comeback just happened. And so I think that's where a team like Miami is really dangerous is their guards. Like, like you stop, you stop Nigel pack and they've got Isaiah Wong. Oh, well you stop Isaiah Wong. They've got Jordan Miller. Like, they can just put so many elite guards out there that if, I mean, college basketball is a game of runs. If UConn gets a little cold here or there, and at the same time, um, one of Miami's guards is going off like Jordan Miller did in their Elite Eight game when he didn't miss a single shot from the field or from the free throw line. That was insane. I th- it, yeah, that was, I didn't even realize that until they said it after the game. Like, wow. Because I, I knew he was playing well, but that, that was a just crazy. But that's a credit line. to him. It's it was very efficient. He was playing within that game. Like he was very clearly the star, but it it happened so quietly, I think, just because it was 
like he was making all the right plays. It wasn't like he was, you know, heat checking it or anything like that. He just kind of went with the flow and happened to make every single play. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm giving out this hypothetical of like, Oh, if UConn gets cold, like Miami has just enough elite guards to be able to then go on this run and keep the game close or maybe expand a little bit of a lead. But in doing that, I'm not giving enough justice to UConn's depth. They've got they've got killers everywhere. Like they've got Jordan Hawkins, Tristan Newton, Adama Sonogo. They've got two like elite centers that like either could be like Sonogo was the guy coming in this year. And now I'm totally spacing on their other center's name. Um, but he could be starting on like any other high major program. Hawkins. And so no, it's Hawkins. Oh, yeah. he's the guard that's yeah. been tearing it up as well. So like, that's where I, I think you like look at a Jordan Miller and Isaiah Wong and it's like, okay, like they're an elite guard. That's where Miami has like a one up in this matchup, but I don't know if they do because of how Jordan Hawkins has been playing either. I think it's basically a draw right there with when you're just looking at personnel. So I think Miami like has the best chance at taking down UConn, but I, I still don't think they do. I think UConn just, they're playing some of the most dominant basketball I've seen in a while. I think you're thinking of Donovan Klingon. Yep, Klingon. Yep. That's right. That's right. It's It's been one of those days, man. It took me nine <laughs> times to do this intro. I'm mixing up guys' names. It's It's where we're at. But when you watch this much college basketball over, you know, two month period it, it all does kind of blur together i'm gonna make you kind of go out on a line here i mean you've already somewhat given where you're leaning in these matchups but give me your national championship prediction and who do you see winning it all uh so i've got yukon versus florida atlantic the national championship just just a great national championship in my opinion i think it really embodies what this entire season was where there wasn't like a true elite team at the top. Like people were trying to find what is the elite team. And that's where like Alabama kind of got assigned it at the beginning of this tournament. But like there was no true elite team. So if you get a UConn FAU matchup, I think that's just great. And I'm going to, I'm going to lean UConn, but man, if FAU can somehow pull this off and the CUSA wins the March Madness, the NIT and the CBI, that would be an incredible storyline for that mid-major conference. That would be cool. And if FAU won it all, I certainly would be happy. I'm going to go see, I'm going to go the opposite in both matchups. I'm going to go San Diego state takes it. Cause defensively, I think they just, I think they're a challenge and we tend to see, especially when teams play them for the first time, that ball pressure just, it overwhelms you. I mean, even Alabama, it was, it completely changed that game. I think UConn is the best remaining team. I want to add this as a caveat before, and that's kind of cheap of me, I know, but I do think they are the best team. They've obviously cruised. They've been dominant. They're also 0-4 this season in one possession games. And with how Miami has been just kind of able to hang around and make these late runs like they did against Drake, like they did against Texas, as long as Miami can just hang around and are within striking distance, 
I think they're going to be really confident and it's, it's just going to be interesting there. That said, I certainly would not be surprised if UConn just rolls and wins both of these games by double digits and pulls like a Villanova of a couple years ago where it's just sheer dominance all the way through. And, and they certainly have. But all these teams have been battle-tested outside of them. And I, I just think that's going to be a factor in this Final Four. Yeah, I guess this is a little bit of a off-topic. But I've been meaning to ask you this question, too, with FAU. Because even though they are like the nine-seed Cinderella darling, or like they should be, they've kind of taken on this like villain of the tournament arc with the with the dunk at the end of the Fairleigh Dickinson game, with the taking Kansas State's little baby song and just maybe mocking it, maybe not at the end of beating them. Where do you stand on all that? Do you think it's like, do you see them as like they are the villain or do you think if they, if they are able to somehow win this, people will be like, okay, that's a pretty, pretty cool. Like Cinderella victory. I wasn't a fan of the dunk. That said, I think we're all too sensitive as sports fans. And I like talking trash. I like, you know, I, I could go with a little bit more late 90s WWF of teams, you know, <laughs> just completely mocking after they after they get the victory. So I like it. I like that they're kind of leaning into the villain mode just because nobody believed in them. Nobody thought they would be here. They got underseated, and after surviving you know they've had some things go their way certainly the officiating late in that memphis game was kind of questionable i thought memphis should have got the timeout but that's how it goes you know in the ncaa tournament you need a couple of things to go your way you could say the same thing about san diego state you could say the same thing about miami you know you have a couple calls go your way obviously if you're the aztecs i don't know i'm all about it i just i would really like to see a first time national champion that's that's what i'm rooting for I think UConn's a great program. I have nothing against them. I don't think they get the respect that they deserve. I alluded to that at the beginning. They could be considered a blue blood with what they have accomplished over the last 25-ish years. I'm not doing the math off the top of my head, but I don't know. I'm just excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think anybody that tries to bring up TV ratings or, or something like that is just a dork. Why do you care? Yeah, Unless why you do you work care? for Turner Sports. Why do you care? you're not seeing a check in the mailbox. Like, so just enjoy whatever game is going on. And if you don't, don't care, guess what? There's a lot of great NBA and NHL down the stretch that you can turn your attention to. So I just, the people trying to poo-poo all over the Final Four, all over this epic tournament, which I have done absolutely terrible on as far as predictions go. My bracket is trash. I didn't get a single Final Four team correct. Gambling-wise, other than San Diego State, pretty much taken a beating. But it's been amazing. It's been so much fun. And, and if you're not into it, then just don't watch it. You don't have to comment on it. I guess that's my point. I'm not trying to get all poetic here. I've just read a lot of really annoying commentary in the last day or two as I've kind of prepared for this mad, for these matchups. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like, I guess over the years of just being on social media and following sports teams and this and that I've been able to see like there's two different sports fans or like the spectrum and you get the fans that like in a really tough loss would be like, Hey, like it's, it's totally fine. Like you're, you're a great human being and I don't care, but then you'll see the, 
you'll see people that like only comment and only interact with their team or with a league when the worst of the worst has happened. And if, this is even the worst of the worst with like the final four we got, but like if, if that person had gotten a, a blue blood final four, it would have been like, Oh my God, I cannot believe like it's all blue bloods. Like there's no, there's no difference in this tournament ever. And, but now that it's mid major, it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe we've got a bunch of nobody. It's like, okay, you just can't be happy. And that's what I was saying that to, somebody was it, it is a little refreshing like also following college football that you get it's like oh let's see what matchup of georgia alabama we're going to get this year or georgia ohio state or something and this one it's like wow we get to watch san diego state versus florida atlantic like you're i'm sorry you're just never going to see that matchup again in the final four so just like cherish it a little bit it's a cool little like moment in sports history it's what it's all about it's why the ncaa tournament is absolutely perfect it's why any suggestions to change it or make it so that high majors do their own tournament and don't invite the FAUs of the world. or It just goes against the spirit of what we all love about this event. That said, they've made plenty of decisions in college football that went against the spirit of what we loved about that too. So I, I guess I won't hold my breath. I am going to enjoy this tournament and I don't think any major changes are coming in the near future, but we'll, Thank you for doing this on your spring break, man. I really appreciate you. It's been a blast talking about this. I'm sure we'll talk about the championship game as well, but I just, I love having another dude on here that is just passionate about college basketball. There needs to be more of us out there. I know the NBA is great. It's a blast. It's a better product in terms of like shot making efficiency, all that, but nothing beats the drama of March. I couldn't agree more. And yeah, no, thank you for having me on. It's been just an absolute pleasure each week getting to hop on. And I'd love to like after the championship, break that down and then just talk transfer portal. Cause like as the, as buffs, I, I've been keeping up with the guys that have entered the portal for the bus, but like there's been some significant news for the Rams too. So I'd, I'd love to talk portal and yeah, but it's, it has just been a blast. And so thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh yeah, man. It's been awesome. We will be back. Shout out to all of you. Make sure you're keeping up with everything DNVR Rams, DNVR Buffs have to offer. We're about to get into the playoff competition for the Nuggets and Avs fall, everything they're doing, Broncos, Rapids. I think I named everybody, uh, the golf guys. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Follow everybody at DNVR. Everybody's doing great things. (laughs) Shout out to all you guys. Much love. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli, turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys, like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.